Okay, then. Hi, my name is Judy, and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. Hi, Judy. Uh, Hi, Judy. Hey, Sherry, Sherry. Hi there. Hi, everybody. I really have special feelings for a lot of you here in this meeting. Uh, and my thank you for asking me. Uh, you helped me launch a, a little PowerPoint thing I was trying to do. And uh, uh, I'm still working on that about transferring obsessions, something that's been very interesting to me about uh, what about maybe couldn't we have meetings where all of the 12 step people sat together and we talked about these principles, like the one that we just read here. Thank you for leading the meeting for me. But I would rather have a place where we talked more about the principles and less about the um, uh, the substance. You know, we all have different substances and behaviors that we're obsessed and compelled to do, uh, compulsed to do. And uh, but the bottom line recovery is about facing that internal person. And uh, I hope I can uh, talk about that in in just these few minutes. Uh, I keep trying to condense down, what are the main points? What can you tell people? And um, I have been in this program now for 49 years. Hello. <laughs> uh, I got here after having dieted my way to 222 pounds. That was just so far the last effort to diet my way. And uh, and I was desperate and I, I walked in and scared and sat in the back room and back of the room and cried a lot. However, I also had the opportunity to still, despite my crying, uh, to be very judgmental of the other people in the room. Uh, their muumuu wasn't as nice as mine was. Um, I worked already as an alcoholism counselor. I know about this stuff. I understood everything. None of that great understanding helped me one iota to stop shoveling the food. Uh, I could explain why, though. I mean, I could stand in front of the fridge and explain to you why I was doing this. And usually, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. Usually, it had to do with the mistreatments of my childhood. I had learned as a therapist how valuable that information was. But here, 49 years ago, I started on a journey of learning how to walk my, my way out of this. And oh, oh, great, you newcomers, Susan and Leslie, and anyone who didn't bother to raise their hand, good for you. I want to tell you that when I came in, I said, well, I knew a lot about 12-step programs. I had taken patients to AA meetings. I thought they were a lot of fun. Everybody laughed. It didn't really apply to me, really until it did, you know? Uh, but I certainly, even when I felt that surrender, I certainly didn't, you know, my idea was I'm gonna be there for six months, I'm gonna lose a hundred pounds and be a prom queen and I'm out of here. I do not have to hang out with these people. You know, they say there's good news and bad news. The good news is, hey, there is a solution. The bad news is, we're it. <laughs> so you have to keep hanging out, maybe going to meetings, not doing what you want to do. Uh, my first year, I only went to one meeting a week. Um, now I go to more. As my life has gotten bigger, 
and happier and uh, more complicated. And thanks for my, you know, indulging my being late. It's such a an irony that I was late due to technical problems. And that's exactly the biggest problem in my life. All of this technology, internet, YouTube channel, Facebook, oh, mailing lists, constant contact, all this stuff I'm trying to uh, uh, to re rewind again. Um, <clears throat> by the way, I've been maintaining an 80-pound weight loss now for the last um, 25 years. Um, very grateful. And I do not have, I'm a flexitarian in my food plan. I don't have any kind of rigid commitment to anything. I uh, I try to gauge my relation relationship with my substance. That's the difference, guys, from our illness and all the other addictions, is that we have to establish a new relationship with our substance. Huh? I do much better swearing off. I'd much rather starve. But plan ahead, make allowances, shift and change as life comes to me. Wow, it's a lot. I'm busy. Come on. Well, anyway, um, it's been a glorious time. I, I never would have had the big and happy life that I've had. And I liked you, you know, taking over for me here as leader and also uh, laughing at getting the meeting started. Uh, I'm speaking at a late uh, meeting later this week on the topic of a line from the big book. By the way, all things in this program are suggested except for one thing, except for one thing. And what is that? That line, we absolutely insist on enjoying life. That's not a suggestion. No, no. That's an order, baby. So that doesn't mean that the uh, discomforting and difficult situations haven't come my way in the last 49 years. Hello. I've, I've lost men. I've lost houses. I've lost jobs. I've had loss, 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 loss. Yeah, yeah. 80 pounds of loss was the byproduct of how I walked through and weathered all those other losses. Um, blindsided a lot, didn't expect what was coming. And, you know, I was trained as a, um, you know, I was a battered child. I came from two parents who beat each other up and then they beat us up and there was a lot of that going on. So I learned how to be hypervigilant and watch for when's the next thing coming. And I also learned how to be a good fighter I had the word back the minute you said it. However, when I walked in here and I asked someone to be my sponsor, which is about the most important thing you can do to get started. That's why I don't have quickie little things about here's what the program is about. Here's how you do it. Uh-uh. Just ask someone else for guidance and on a daily basis, watch your new life unfold. Deal with one day at a time. That's very vulnerable. So um, 
I know I went off the track there. I wanted to make a point, but uh, we'll see. So um, a Buddhist monk wearing his long brown robes and shaved head was at a New York party. And uh, this woman kind of full of herself, she came over to him. She said, hey, tell me about Buddhism. And he said, well, you want the short version or the long version? Come on, come on, it's a party. Just give me the long, the short version. So he said, okay, the short version is pay attention. Oh, come on. All right, give me the long version. So she says, he says, uh, okay, the long version is pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. Hmm. So if I want to condense the program down, you don't have to be a Buddhist, but that's a biggie. You get started first paying attention to every morsel that goes in your mouth and becoming vulnerable enough to tell this other human being, yeah, I was cleaning up after dinner and I did kind of, you know, kind of just clean up those crumbs. I mean, crumbs aren't fattening or I just had a sliver. We had a line early in the program, sliver, slice, slab, slob. It all counts. Everything counts. And your behavior counts. Pay attention. Um, I just uh, was talking with my sweetie, Henry, and um, shared with him something that happened for me. You know, after all these years, I keep learning, 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 learning. So grateful to be with you guys. Um, but you know, this thing about, so I'm going to shift to that for a minute and come back. Um, the problem is what in addiction circles we call intermittent reinforcement. All right. If, if we did something and always got a bad result, always got the consequences immediately, often had to pay attention right away, uh, we could deal with that. But what happens with our food thing and with most addictions is what's called intermittent reinforcement, which means sometimes it turns out badly. Sometimes we get caught. Other times we get away with it. You know, there's an AA thing about a guy gets stopped for uh, speeding and the cop comes up and he says, you know, buddy, you were speeding. He says, I wasn't speeding this time. <laughs> So, you know, the timing of when is the payoff. So often with food, I could get away with it. I would binge like crazy for a whole weekend and jump on that scale and nothing happened. And other times I would just do a slight deviation and gain 20 pounds in a weekend. So it became the idea of stop looking for results, stop looking for immediate gratification, and surrender to get on this path and follow direction from others. And even though a lot of times when my sponsor told me or suggested, which I don't have time today to tell you the stories, but there's so many instances of that. A lot of the times I'd say, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but I'm, I'm smart. I'm well educated. I, I'm studied. I, I guess this is what I want to tell you, what I know. 
and they said, take the cotton out of your ears and put it in your mouth and just pay attention and listen. And give it the barest was a line we used, which was give it the barest possibility that what you're being told may be good advice for you. Go with it anyway. And if you're really, really resistant, which we are, then sit down and write about it. Write about, well, maybe it is true that I really don't want a relationship, even though I've been going to the dances and I've been doing my little, uh, in those days we didn't have internet, we had uh, uh, personal columns where you'd advertise about yourself. Uh, I'm doing everything. Why isn't anybody loving me? Well, and my therapist said to me, you know, if you really wanted somebody, they'd be all over you. What? Well, give it the barest. Write it out. And as I did, I saw that most of my experience of relationship was from my parents. They don't think so. My facing that fact changed everything. And I will tell you that that today I have been with my sweetheart, Henry, for 30 years. And uh, part of what I'm dealing with today is that uh, for about the past four years, he's had serious uh, medical issues. We're both older um, right now. Uh, and, and he had, you know, COVID two weeks in the hospital with oxygen uh, put, you know, shoved in. And uh, then he had long haul COVID for the last year and heart conditions and diabetes and other whatever. A lot of blood all over, ambulances. Okay. And I steadied the course. I, I was not a, a caretaker like a nurse, but I had to manage and control. It drove me back to Al-Anon. Okay. And now he's on the mend. We went dancing last night. Fabulous. Things are so happy. Uh, but uh, one consequence of that is one I had to face, you know, Judy, you're a lot more fearful person than you thought. You have fear. You have denied fear your whole life. I've been courageous. I've done things. People say, isn't she a pioneer? Isn't she wonderful? Yeah. And I didn't even notice. I spoke on television to 30 million people more than once. And I'm the person who in college, when you had to take speech one and give a little talk, I would vomit before my presentation. How did you change me? How did you help me through all of these fearful times? So during all of this last four years, I started going to like meetings in my three programs, 16 meetings a week. I was crazed to calm down and to feel your cushion. 15 and, minutes. Okay, I got to go. Okay, so um, now that's lightening up. And I said, Jude, you have to get back to some of the things you've been really interested in. You have to finish that, uh, my fifth book. You have to finish that book. You have to revise your website. You have to start uh, 
being out there in the world. By the way, uh, my email is right under my name, J-U-D-I-H-O-L-L-I-S at AOL.com. Please write me. Then we'll make a date. We'll talk. We'll, you know, you can hear about some of these great, exciting things I'm trying to pull off. If I can get my YouTube's channels, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, torn apart. I have three YouTube channels because I've had so many random people helping me over the years. Anyway, those are not the, the issues, but they are stay the course, slow down, accept the outcome. You do the footwork. The outcome is out up to the universe. I will tell you that the, um, the two things I hated most when I came to these meetings were the two G words, God and gratitude. Um, I, uh, I told Jocelyn sitting at the, uh, literature table at the back of the room, I said, I can't take this God stuff. She said, well, you could try what the, uh, Quakers say. They say, God is the still small voice within. You want to keep your food in order so that you can feel the vibration of what your body is telling you is correct for you. When I have my food in order, I can feel the hairs on my arms stand up when I get around a toxic person. I'm super sensitive. I can't take this life. Well, guess what? This is life. And it's a gift to be super sensitive. You're super, super sensitive. Yes. Isn't it fabulous? Huh. It has consequences, but I would rather have the gifts. And I used to, uh, so what you're paying attention, you're staying visible, you're being vulnerable. That requires walking the planet a little more slowly. When I had to face how difficult it was for me to change, I developed a lot more compassion for my fellows. I was no longer like this reading today talked about. I was no longer up there criticizing them and giving them advice and telling them what they should do. Shh. We're smart. I'm just as smart as those doctors who used to throw a 1200 calorie diet across their big brown desk and tell me, here, little lady, do this. And next week, the girls will weigh you in. Shut up. OA taught me to respect my illness and to stop acting like a, a dumb little girl who needs the next diet, a, a dumb little girl who needs to put another shot of something in her belly. I, hey, I did HCG shots. I know about a lot of this stuff. I'm not judging any of it. Everybody's got to try what they've got to do. The fact that you're making any effort toward recovery changes everything. It makes all of your efforts start falling into line. As long as my commitment to my recovery is first, everything else comes into line. So I attempt to live in the truth. Okay, so the thing I another what I learned this week about this intermittent reinforcement. Okay. So the idea of telling people how I feel, expressing myself, right? So last week I had a lot of judgments about my dear Henry 
And I went to an Al-Anon meeting where they talked about, just like they do in AA, see the drink through to the next morning. If you're going to confront somebody, just remember that you usually, no matter how nicely you do it, you usually end up the next morning making amends, apologizing. So maybe I won't do that. I'll zip the lip. I'll not tell him. I'll have stitch marks across my tongue. And I didn't say a thing to him about it. It's stuff I've said before. And uh, I felt terrific the next day. We had a great time. Okay. Now I have this other friend who's pulled some stuff. And I wrote an email out to her that I first checked with my sponsor. Hey, I'm a therapist. I have treated, okay. I've treated thousands of people. I'm a big shot. I've been in the media. I've written books, blah, 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 blah. When I want to confront my friend, I write it out and I share it with my sponsor. I say, how does it smell from over there? She says, smells like you stepped in it. I wouldn't do it. Hold off. I sent it anyway. And guess what? The friend said, wow, I understand what you're saying. Thank you. I was heard. The world didn't come to an end. We'll see. So what I'm saying is, in one case, not confronting was the right idea. In another case, confronting was the right idea. So it keeps changing and I need constant vigilance, constant paying attention and constantly seeking guidance from you guys. So uh, now I'm shaving down, not going to 16 meetings a week, probably around four or five. And uh, things are sailing and I'm still wearing that size eight bathing suit. <laughs> See ya. Bye.